Well, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Good, good. That's right. We've dedicated some babies. That's always fun. That's fun. So, guys, we are in week number four of a series called Upload Complete with a question mark. Because how many times have you guys felt like you're praying and you've wondered and struggled maybe at times to say, is God listening or am I hearing? Is, is God speaking? And if he is speaking, why can't I hear him? Or, or have you ever wondered and worried through your prayer life, is this working? Because there's times, i got to be honest, that there's times where my prayer life feels like it's really connecting in a strong way. And there are moments, brief glimpses, even as a pastor, where my own prayer life sometimes seems like it's a lot of work. And it's, I wonder sometimes, is my connection getting through? Have you ever felt that way? At all? Ever? No? Two of you. That's great. So most of you, you're going to go judging the pastor. I'm like, my goodness, sometimes his prayers are questionable. Well, my name is Matt. I'm the lead pastor here at City Church, and I'm so glad that you're here. If you're visiting with us, um, I'm glad you're here. I want to welcome you, and I'd love to get to meet you. I'll be in the lobby after the end of the service. I'd love to shake your hand. You know, um, some of you guys might know this about me, but uh, I'm deaf in one ear. I was born that way. I can't hear out of this one. In fact, it's even deformed a little bit. If you've ever seen the one that's big and the one that's small, it's the small one that doesn't work. But if, if you've ever wondered, and you're like, how did that happen? It's, it's a long story. No, I was just born that way. And, and so I've been lived my whole life this way where I'm deaf in one ear. And, you know, it's created its own set of unique challenges um, as I've moved through life. Some people ask me what it's like to only hear with one ear. Well, I've only known it that way, so I don't know what I'm missing. But um, there's been times where the, the, it's been evident that, that it has been a challenge. And so one of them was, is that um, w- there was a time where I was at home and we put the kids to bed and we're sitting on the couch. The cat knocked something over in the other room. And as the crash happened, it startled Amber and I. And I looked this way and she looked that way. And, and sure enough, it was over there. But because I can only hear in one ear, I can't localize the sounds, you know. And so it's really kind of funny. You know, loud noises, sometimes it, it, they get confusing at times because I have a hard time hearing. And... Uh, I end up corralling people. If you've ever walked with me anywhere, uh, I'm, I feel like a sheepdog. I do this subconsciously now, but if we're walking and you're on this side of me, I will do this sweet little move. You, you'll barely notice it. And I actually sidestep around and I cut back up and I corral you onto this side of me so that I can hear the conversation that, that's happening. And, uh, but you know, there are some other things, other challenges. Uh, one of them is, is, is sometimes my wife will ask me to take the trash out and I just... I don't hear her, and I'm so, I'm, honey, I'm so, can you speak into my good ear? And, um, you know, another great thing is, is when it's time for me to go to sleep, <clears throat> the kids are maybe crying because they're, you know, when they're newborns, I can just roll over onto my good ear, and it is lights out. <laughs> my wife is like, hey, did, did, didn't you hear the kid? They were screaming all night long, and I can say, no, no, I legitimately didn't. Yes. May, am I taking advantage of my disability? Maybe, maybe, just maybe. It's funny, sometimes we think God is deaf too, right? It reminds me of this story where this little boy, he's praying, and, and, he, and um, his mom and his grandmother are hanging out, and, they, and, and they're putting the kid to bed, and the kid's saying their nighttime prayers, and they're saying, dear God, please pray for this, and please pray for that, and sweet little prayers. And then all of a sudden, the kid looks up to the sky and says, and God, I really want a bike for my birthday. Really loud, shouts it, and mom's like, son, you don't have to yell. God, God's not deaf. 
And he leans over and says, yeah, but I think grandma is. (laughs) Sometimes we think God is deaf, or maybe sometimes I think I'm deaf. Well, I know I'm deaf. It's funny, like we we pray for things, and, and then sometimes we get what we pray for too, huh? There's another little kid, his mom was pregnant, and about seven months pregnant, two months till the due date, and, uh, and uh, the, the, the boy says to the father, hey, dad, I really want a little brother. And the dad says, well, if you pray every day for two months until the due date, you might get a little brother, you know? And of course, we all know that's not, that's not actually how it works, but little boy starts praying every day, every day. About a month into it, little boy just gets tired, gives up, says, I got tired, didn't want to pray anymore, I guess. And, and so the last month, there's no prayer. And so mom and dad go to the hospital, baby comes out, they bring it back, and, and the, they say, check it out, we have twins, you have two little brothers, isn't that amazing? Aren't you glad you prayed every day for two months? And the boy says, wow, I'm so glad I stopped halfway. <laughs> Today we're talking about prayer, we're talking about hearing the voice of God. So many times we want to hear the voice of God. We, we, we ask God, we ask, hey God, I need to have direction, I need to have clarity, I need to hear your voice. You know, in fact, even people who aren't followers of Christ want to hear the voice of God from time to time. Uh, Last night I was at a graduation party. It's graduation season. And there was a a friend of ours there who who is not a Christian, doesn't follow Christ. And he told me, he says, I got this great decision in front of me and I can't decide what to do. And I find myself sitting on my back patio looking at the sky saying, God, what should I do? He's asking God, the one he doesn't believe in, to give him instruction and guidance on what to do. Even if someone who is far from God can can make those kinds of prayers saying, God, I need direction and guidance. I'm telling you, everyone at times, you have moments where you're asking God for direction and guidance in your life. So how do you hear the voice of God and how do you know when it is the voice of God? There's a lot of people that ask for guidance and input. And the Bible, the Bible actually has a lot to say about it. So if you have your Bible with you, if you could open to John chapter 10, John chapter 10. We'll have the words on the screen, or if you want to pull it up on your device or your old school paper Bible, we, we accept all forms. You're good. John chapter 10, verse 3. And Jesus is telling this parable, which is a story, an illustrative story. And, and he says this, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. Now, he's calling people sheep. Now, in, in our culture, that may be a slight insult to call, oh, you're just a sheep, you're just a, you're just, well, back then there was a, a very agricultural, farming, ranching type um, community where they would raise animals, and they would, and there were shepherds and sheep, and they used this illustration all the time through, through Scripture and through the New Testament, uh, where, where the shepherd was the one who was leading the sheep, and they used the illustration as if Jesus was the shepherd and the people were the sheep, not in an insulting way, but just as an illustrative way of how it works. And so the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He names his sheep. I like that. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. I want to talk this morning about recognizing God's voice. Recognizing God's voice. It says here that, that, that uh, the sheep would know the shepherd's voice. 
And so the voice that you listen to is the voice you get accustomed to. And, and if it's a stranger's voice, the sheep don't want to follow it. And so I want to encourage you that, that your relationship with God should grow to a place where you hear the voice of God on such a regular basis, and you hear God on a regular basis to where you know his voice so quickly and so easily that you don't have to second guess it. You're able to know, I know God is telling me to do this and be able to take the step that you need to take that he's calling you to take. That is my hope for you. That is my hope for you. As we try to hear God's voice, we get it wrong sometimes though, don't we? We get it wrong from time to time. In fact, if you look, even Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, got it wrong uh, a couple of times along the way. You can see how Jesus at one point was, was saying, yes, with your faith, the, Peter, this rock, we're going to build the church. A few sentences later, he's saying, get behind me, Satan. He missed it like really quickly. It wasn't that far apart. Sometimes we can hear the voice of God and take a step, and there's sometimes where we miss the voice of God from time to time. Have you guys ever experienced that? Yes? Three of you. You guys are quiet this morning. That's okay. A little, all right, we're there. You used up all your oohs and ahs with the babies, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, rethink that next time. Okay, so in First John chapter 4, it says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. There are multiple spirits. There are multiple voices, all competing to get your attention and to get your ear. You've got to be able to test them and see, is this the voice of God or is this another voice that's trying to influence or sway me in a different direction? Sometimes we can feel like God spoke to me about something. But in Proverbs chapter 14, it says, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. So as studying the Bible, I can't find a single verse that says God wants me to be happy. I can find lots of verses where God says, I want you to be holy and that there is joy from the Lord when you pursue that. But your happiness is actually a byproduct of something else. Hear me out before you throw a rock at me. But think about this, right? There are byproduct things that if you chase the byproduct, you will actually never get it. But when you chase the source, you get the byproduct. So like when you're chasing money, for example, if you have, are chasing and pursuing money in your life, money is a byproduct. It is not the source. And so if you're chasing money, you start to get a little bit of money. Guess what? There's always more money out there. And as you continue to try to chase and chase and chase, money's not bad. Money's just a byproduct. It's a tool. It's, it's something that is a fact of, of life. But if you're chasing money all the time, money is like the apple that's falling off of the tree. You can take you got to be able to nourish the tree to get the fruit. Does that kind of make sense? And so when you're chasing happiness, listen, God's after your holiness more than he is your happiness. But when you chase God and follow God and seek after him and you, get, you are start walking in holiness and righteousness, your happiness and joy becomes a byproduct of that. Does that make sense? So, okay, so if you, ch- if you chase happiness... You will be miserable, but if you chase holiness, you will find happiness. So I've got here four ways to know if you're hearing from God. Four ways to know is the voice that you're listening to is when you're seeking God, here's four ways to know. Number one is this. Does it line up with the Bible? Does it line up with the Bible? I got to be honest. There's some things out there that you don't need to pray and ask God whether you should do it or not. 
Like it's so clear in the Bible that you already have God's word. Like you know, I shouldn't murder somebody, right? God's word says murder's bad. So you go, you know, God, I really don't like this guy. Can I murder him? No, that's not a, you don't even have to ask that because it's in God's word. There are so many things there that you can look into the scripture and be able to know that that you don't have to, to deal with. In fact, in Matthew 19, verses three through six, that some Pharisees came up to him, him being Jesus, to test him. And they said, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? And Jesus' response, they're asking Jesus, what's your opinion on this? And Jesus' response is this. He says, haven't you read? And he goes on to quote the word of God, the scripture of the time. He goes on to quote the scripture and says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and on and on. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Sometimes we look for a resource. We ask somebody what their opinion is or what they think about something. And really, we should be able to say, well, haven't you read? Let's look at what the scripture has to say about it. God won't tell you to do something that contradicts his own word, his own scripture, right? So he won't tell you to contradict his word. So your opinions and feelings don't determine truth. God's word determines what is true. You know, you can take just about anything out of context and make it say just about anything you want to in the Bible. I think you can take certain, you can flip some stuff around, maybe find half a verse here and half a verse there, and be like, oh, I think I could make this work. Listen, you got to be able to look at the whole scripture and be able to say, what do you think? You know, in fact, even the devil tempted Jesus with, context, with scripture that was out of context. When Jesus went into the desert for 40 days, he says that, the enemy, that, that Satan came and tempted him, and he quoted out of context scripture in his temptation. If the devil can use out of context scripture to try to get Jesus to do something, I'm telling you, listen, you've got to be able to be able to study and say. All right, number two, will it make me more like Christ? So when you're asking something, God, I need to have direction from you, and you think you have the direction, number one, does it line up with the Bible? Number two, will it make me more like Christ? If you are a Christ follower, if you are a Christian here, your goal is to become more and more like Christ. And that is what God is trying to do in you. He's trying to shape you into being more and more like Christ. So is this decision that you're trying to make, is it going to make you more like Christ or less like Christ? In Philippians 2.5, it says, In your life you must think and act like Christ Jesus. And in 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says, We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. But in James 3, it says this, But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, and then it's peace-loving. It's considerate. It's submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. So I think I'm supposed to do this thing. Hmm. After you do it, will you be more like Jesus? That's one of the filters you should run it through. I'll tell you what. Sometimes I have a justice piece in me that wants to rise up. Anybody here like, well, that's wrong, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to punish him for it? Yeah, me. No? Anybody else? How about that? Show of hands. Anybody have to say, that's wrong and I want to punish him for it. You have some justice? Okay, all right, all right. That's good. So we have some justice piece sometimes that rises up in it. Think about this. If you execute the justice that you think that this person deserves, are you being more like Christ or less like Christ? And I know somebody here is going to be like, well, Jesus flipped tables and whipped people, so 
That's fair game, right? Out of context. So, listen, I'd rather go to heaven having given too much grace for people than having have judged people too harshly. Number three, does godly counsel agree? Does godly counsel agree? You should have people in your life who are godly counsel. Everybody has one of those friends that tells you, well, whatever you want to do, if it makes you happy, go for it. You know, you have, that is not godly counsel. That's just your friend, like wanting to be your friend and like support you in whatever you decide to do. They're playing it safe. And they're like, whatever you do, I'm still going to be your friend. That's great and all. Like, I'm glad we have some of those friends in our life. But what about the person that you can take something to and say, okay, what, What's the right thing to do here? Like, what is God's, what does godly counsel look like? And the Bible is loaded full of godly counsel type scriptures. And I'm just going to throw three of them out of Proverbs at you real quick. And, and one of them is Proverbs 12, 15. It says, the way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. The wise listen to advice. And in Proverbs 19, it says, listen to advice and accept discipline. And at the end, you will be counted among the wise. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. I can tell you that I make lots of plans in my head. Lots of plans. You guys ever make plans? I make plans in the shower. You ever do that? Like where someone has said something to you and you're like, like you have a plan in the shower to get even? Like like in the shower, like 5% of the shower is like washing, 5% shaving because, you know, and then, uh, and then, like, 90% is me, like, talking through the scenes and scenarios in my life. Anybody else do that? No? I'm alone. You're making movies, you know what I mean? Like, have you ever done that? You're rewriting the scripts in your head, you know? It's like, and, and then you replay it, and you have it in a way where they say the perfect line that's a setup for you to just, like, slam them down. You're just like, you know, and, and you're like, listen, we make plans in our head, but listen, we must submit all of those plans to the Lord and say, what, God, what is your purpose? Let your purpose prevail. So many times we get caught up with our personal preferences and, and we cater to our preferences as more than the purpose of what God is trying to do in our life. Because like my preference is to sleep in, you know, and eat lots of candy, but, but then I'm going to be, you know, not healthy and and I'll have diabetes and and my heart will stop working pretty soon right so I have to understand that I have a purpose in my life and so I take care of my body so that I can execute on the purposes that God has put into my life right so my preferences are my purposes there's this this balance of between you know and it's like listen I'm going to set my preferences aside and go after the purposes of of God in Proverbs 24 6 surely you need guidance to wage war and victory is won through many advisors When you're making decisions in your life, especially big ones, you should find multiple godly counselors and be able to run it by them and say, this is what I'm thinking, this is what I'm feeling, this is what I want to do, this is why. And and let's look at the scripture and, and let's look at this together because your perspective against other people's perspectives, godly counsel's perspectives will help you stay on the purposes of God for your life. And the fourth one is this, and I almost didn't put it. Do I have peace? Do I have peace? And I thought about it, and and, and here's why. Because sometimes peace comes after obedience. Sometimes peace comes after obedience. Sometimes you can run your decision through the first three, and you can go, you know what? Yes, it makes me more Christ-like. Yeah, it aligns with Scripture. 
yeah, I, I, have, I have sought godly counsel and they all think this is the right way to do it, but I'm still struggling with maybe a little bit of anxiety or stress and do I have peace? Sometimes, sometimes if you know the other three, that, that, that God is leading you a certain way, sometimes peace comes after you say yes to God. Sometimes it comes after you say yes to God. But after you say yes to God, there should be a peace that starts to come in to that situation. If the band would come, I'm going to start closing up right now. You see, the Holy Spirit will talk to you through peace. Many times, in fact, most of the time, peace comes before you take that step. Peace comes before you make that decision, but there are some times where the peace comes as you're taking it, in obedience to Jesus. So the Holy Spirit talks to you through peace. See, God has a peace that the world cannot give you. Sometimes our eyes are fixed on the natural circumstances, and we say, there is no way, this is not going to work. This, this isn't going to ha- I don't know how it's going to happen. But God can bring a peace that the world can't give you. And when, when God says, I'm going to deliver you through this hard time, I'm going to deliver you through this difficult season. And in 1 Corinthians 14, it says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. If God's not the author of confusion, who is? Like, like if, if everything's confused, whenever I get confused, I, start to, I get confused actually on a regular basis, but... Um, <laughs> Speaking of my good ear, yeah. So I get confused on a, on a regular basis. And, and, but, you know, sometimes I get, have confusion. When I start having confusion about a spiritual matter, when I start having confusion about God's will for my life, when I have confusion over a set of circumstances that are going on, I have to recognize, and you have to recognize, that, that confusion isn't from God. And when you start to see confusion, you need to stop and say, wait a minute. I'm going to pray right now that, that the enemy would, would be pushed back from me. There is a war that is beyond us. There is a, a spiritual war that is happening. Happening. And, and so there is a, a God and there is a devil and they're both fighting for your soul. And so when, he, when the enemy comes against you in confusion and you say, God, I need your clarity. I need your peace. I, I need your understanding in this because the enemy would love to confuse you. He would love to do it. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. And in Philippians 4, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, as as we try to listen to God and as we pray and we try to hear God's voice and know what his direction is in our life, there's a few things, and one of them is is that we have to be able to tune in to his voice. We have to be able to listen and, and be able to tune in and focus on what he's trying to say. In fact, if you go back to John chapter 10, in, in verse number four, John chapter 10, verse number four, when he gets them all out, he leads them and they follow because they are familiar with his voice. My hope for you is that you would become familiar with the voice of God so that you can tune in to what he's trying to say and what he's saying. The second thing is this, is that we have to tune out the things that oppose to God. There is noise, there is static, there are things that are fighting for your attention. And it brings confusion sometimes. But we have to be able to tune out those things so that that we can get the ambient noise out so that we can focus in on what God 
is saying. And we do all that because we have to take a step towards what God has spoken. We didn't read this part earlier because it's further down in the chapter. But as the illustration goes with the sheep and the shepherd, down in verse 27, it says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Will you follow Jesus today? Will you take the step that he's asking you to take? That step might be hard. It might be difficult. That that step might not be something that's comfortable. Sometimes the right thing to do isn't the easy thing to do. But you have to know that if God is the one who's asking you to take the step, then he's going to be there with you through that step. When Jesus came to earth, he looked for disciples and, and he called them to put down their nets and to come follow him. And Jesus, he's calling you to do the same thing, to follow Will you take steps? Will you tune in to him? Will you tune out the extra noise? And will you take the steps that Jesus is asking you to take? And your step might look different. Normally I would list off a lot of the examples of what a step could look like. But I'm not going to do that this morning. Because I want you to seek the Lord and have him tell you what your step is. Because he's calling all of us to take a step. Just take another step toward Jesus. You know what that step is. And if you don't, tune into him. Tune out the noise and listen to what he says. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much that you are the shepherd. God, that, that you speak to us. God, I just pray that as we leave this place this week, God, that, that we would tune into you and we would tune out the noise. God, help us to uh, listen to you and be bold enough to take the step that you're asking us to take. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. I'll see you next Sunday. Jesus, Jesus.